Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Show with Dan Mader, giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. All right, we're back for another edition of the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thank you to all of you who are tuning in live on our YouTube channel right now. Please subscribe and hit the bell notification to get notified when we have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. As you can see, we have a fantastic guest, a legend guest on here. We will introduce him properly in just a second. We also have our co-host, Chris Dowhower there at the bottom. Chris, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. I'm very excited about our guest that we have today. Uh, we had a lot of great guests on this show, but one of these, he talked about a legend. Um, and also excited, Dan, that football is two weeks away. We are the last preseason game. Thank you, God. Football is arriving around the corner. I know it's funny about the preseason. You're itching for it because you've had so long without any football action. And as soon as it starts, you're just like, oh, I can't, I can't watch anywhere preseason. Please get to the regular season. I can't, I can't take this anymore. But let's introduce our guest with no further ado. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. He's on the top right corner of your screen. He's the FSWA Hall of Famer. Senior writer for Game Day and host of Sirius XM, Mr. Scott Angle. That might be the best intro I've ever had. I, I feel I feel like Apollo Creed after that, you know. <laughs> but I, I'm not surprised because I'm going to give you a compliment right out of the gate. Oh, thank you. There, there was good stuff at the Fantasy Football Expo, but you guys had the best giveaway goodie bag of anybody. In fact, I am I am already using the Hey, notebook. there it is. Look at yes. that. Yes. So uh, I, I'm not surprised you do things big time. Uh, th- thanks for having me and uh, appreciate being here. I uh, love having you on, Scott. This is a big moment for me. You've been a legend in this industry for forever. So to get to talk Thank a little you. fantasy football with you is a treat for me, especially. We Thank are you. talking running backs, fantasy football, ADP running backs. We're going to talk about our top five. We're going to talk about some guys that were a little bit lower on or maybe drastically lower on than ADP that we think you should watch out for. And we got a few sleepers for you heading into what's going to be one of, it might even be bigger than Labor Day weekend, but one of the biggest fantasy football draft weekends of the entire year, which is why it's so important. 
It is fortuitous that we're talking about running backs because I don't know if you've heard, but there's been a bit of news around the running back circuit. Breaking news. Uh, Jonathan Taylor could actually be on the move. We'll see. The Colts reportedly giving him a deadline of next Tuesday to put together some sort of suitable trade offer that they would accept. Now, the rumor is that they'll either accept a first rounder or a package of picks that would equate to a first rounder, which makes me think it's not going to actually happen unless they just bite the bullet altogether. Scott, I want to ask you this. What are the odds you think Colts will actually trade Jonathan Taylor? And if they do, where do you want to see Taylor wind up? I would say it's 50-50. I mean, the initial public report saying they want a first-round pick, but I have a hard time seeing them getting that sort of return. There are already reports out there that some teams might. So, so, so they, they, they polled, I think, NFL executives and said, you know, might get a second, might get a third, et cetera. Uh, you know, of course, like with a fantasy football trade, you know, throw out there, you know, the biggest net that you can, but yeah, you know, then you might have to settle for something. Uh, I think Miami is natural. They could use a feature back. I've heard Buffalo and Kansas City because a lot of people will say, what, what makes the most logical fit in my head? But Buffalo had a chance to draft feature backs last year. They didn't do it. They took James Cook. Kansas City has shown it's not going to put a high emphasis on a running back. So I'm not saying I'm. it, it can't happen, Buffalo or Kansas City, but those teams haven't shown a high priority on the feature back type. So you know, I look to the NFC because sometimes they want to trade out of the conference. And I think the Chicago Bears make a lot of sense, uh, you know, pairing them in the backfield with Justin Fields. They have a lot of salary cap room. Also, Washington can improve their offense uh, by, by also making a play for Jonathan Taylor. There's been published rumors of the Eagles – uh, some people say Howie Roseman would never do that, and they already got DeAndre Swift. They already got Rashad Penny. But unfortunately, we know Penny can't stay healthy. They like a committee. Uh, I, I think Miami would be an ideal fit. I, I think Miami and Chicago would be the best two landing spots. I like that. Uh, Chris, let me get your take on this before I put in mine. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to get what they're asking for Jonathan Taylor. We've seen something similar with Austin Eckler. Now, Austin Eckler is four years older. But looking for a new contract and draft picks is kind of a hard thing to find in today's NFL. You know, this whole offseason, all we've been complaining about is how that running backs aren't valued. I don't see the you know the Colts kind of meeting that idea what is reality out there. So I do think it's gonna be a second day pick. I heard something similar, you know, second, third round pick. Uh, a team that I think that I haven't heard about, but I think Washington makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but I think a team like Minnesota makes a lot of sense. I know Madison's replacing Dalvin Cook. I think Madison, you know, is okay running back. I think getting to my Jonathan Taylor could be his team taking him forward. We saw his previous was Viking team, Adrian Peterson. Why not bring a big bell cow back to the Minnesota Vikings again? That's interesting. I, the only thing I would say with that is that I, I think the Vikings have to save face for the fact that they gave Alexander Madison the contract extension that they did to be the guy. I mean, that's kind of why they paid him the brown back. So that's the only reason why I wouldn't see that coming. I, I don't hate that, that take on it. My favorite spot, while Miami would be fun, 
My favorite spot, I think, is actually Chicago because of what it could mean for both teams. Chicago could send, let's say, a Roshan Johnson and some draft capital back in return so the Colts could still have a younger running back to be able to turn to because if they do trade Jonathan Taylor, I can't see him going into the season with Zach Moss or Deion Jackson or any of these guys. They would have to sign somebody. You can't leave Anthony Richardson out there on an island, which is essentially what you would be doing if you don't bring in some sort of talent back in return. So I like the Chicago idea the most the chiefs the bills i feel like that's like fantasy media driven the chiefs first of all they got to figure out a contract situation for chris jones i don't they're not looking to bring in somebody else who's looking for a contract and the bills to scott's point you brought in damian harris you drafted james cook i think you're settled just going with a committee approach so i think the dolphins do make sense my favorite location would be chicago because of what those two teams i believe could could work out as far as my odds are what i think this is going to happen i I really, I really don't. Unless the Colts are really just like, we're just going to be out on this altogether. I, I don't see the Colts making this move when you have to develop a guy like Anthony Richardson. That's just me. Chris, what was your odds on this trade actually going down at all? I think it's probably me 50-50, as Scott said. I think there's maybe a coin flip chance that it happens. I know Jonathan Taylor wants it to happen. Him being younger helps those chances. But the Colts, you know, we talked about what they want and what they're going to try to do competitive. This team was atrocious last year. I don't think it's going to be any different this year. Yeah, can't disagree. Yeah, got to love getting close to the season. We already have trade rumors about. <clears throat> Excuse me on that one. Let's get to our best player. <laughs> we, we have our top five. Now, it's a different top five for everybody. Some of the same names, maybe in a little bit of a different order. Scott, you're the guest. I love to hear who's your number one. Uh, these are my top five. You can find all my ranks on rotoballer.com. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think the obvious number one. But you know, when you're drafting in the top five, I kind of lean towards wide receiver, although I have him ranked number three overall. Uh, Austin Eckler, number two. It, when you draft Austin Eckler now, it's almost like it's not sexy because you know what you're going to get. You know, and people want exciting picks in fantasy football, but there's nothing wrong with safe safety because it's very hard to come by in fantasy football that you know you'll get at a high level from a player. And there's no reason to expect any significant drop off from Austin Eckler. Number three, nine targets a game. Yeah. Number three, Saquon Barkley for me. And what I love about Barkley and a lot of my I've, – I've done, I've done 19 drafts so far, if you include mocks, and best ball and all of that. And a lot of them, Barkley goes late first round, early second. But to me, he's coming off his best year as a rusher. He's, he's a dual threat, major dual threat, and he's playing on a one-year deal, so he's going to be highly motivated. Bijan Robinson, number four, Peter King came out and said, oh, fantasy managers, be careful. But much as I respect Peter King, when you talk about in an era where the running back has been devalued and they spent a number eight overall pick on him, and also they ranked second in the NFC in run-pass ratio last year, and they're, and they're also going to use him in the passing game. i got to go Bijan Robinson. And then Nick Chubb, number five, uh, I've seen him picked ahead of Eckler in a mock draft the other night and that I was in, which was interesting to me. And a lot of people are pushing him up the board even further because Kareem Hunt is out of the picture. It makes sense, but I still wouldn't take him over Eckler. 
Okay. I have a, a little bit different list. I have the same group of guys for the most part. I, mu- I must be missing one uh, because I do have one Maybe extra Barkley. guy. Yeah, so I have I have Barkley who's out of my top five. Barkley is my number six. He, he just missed my top five crack right there. And, and it's just – it's nothing to do with, with Barkley – or what he could be. It's about the Giants offense, I think, overachieving a little bit last year. But Chris, what was your top five? Yeah, so I definitely agree with Scott with Christian McCaffrey being the top guy. I have very similar guys in my top five as well. And number two, this is one I but it made me Scott the other day. I was originally having Nick Chubb over Austin Eckler at number two. But Austin Eckler, I looked at the stats, especially the Cowboys, a lot of concern about Kellamore coming over there. Will he change Eckler's involvement? You know, 2021, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott caught 86 balls. Um, last year, they combined for 24 touchdowns. So if you, we put those two things together, you have an Austin Eckler special, basically. So I'm keeping it at number two. Um, at number three, I do have Nick Chubb. I, I am drinking the Kool-Aid in a sense. I think he's finally been freed from you know, um, from Hunt. I, we Dan, we've talked about this numerous times on the show and, and on and off the show about Nick Chubb and being frustratingly, being pigeonholed as a guy who can't catch the ball. Um, I think with offense, you're going to see a guy who can be involved. And Deshaun Watson does check the ball down the running backs. So I do think Nick Chubb is a guy I like and I like the floor. We see anything to do with the rushing potential. Um, number four, I have the guy who gets constantly forgotten about, I think, and that's Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry really usually finishes in the top five. I know everybody thinks he's going to fall off the cliff. He was pretty good last year. I actually like what they did in this draft, um, getting the kid <clears> – I forget his name. I was throwing it. Um, I'm playing messing his actually the Northwestern kid – Moving him into guard, actually have somebody who can actually block for him. Um, I like the weapons they add with DeAndre Hopkins. So I have Derrick Henry as my number four. And then number five, Saquon Barkley. I agree with both of you. Saquon, you know, showed me the best his running ability last year. Wasn't as heavily involved as we've seen him being in a passing attack. Had zero touchdowns catches last year. I don't think that's going to repeat. I think when Darren Waller is actually going to help him in the passing attack versus hurt him. So I like Saquon at number five. Henry's another guy who's not sexy. You know what you get. And you know, people say, oh, he's getting up in age, but you know, it's not like he's 34 or anything like that. Uh, you know, I think if you get one of the top seven running backs, the five that we mentioned, plus Tony Pollard, uh, any one of and Henry, you know, right outside my top five. If I don't get one of those top seven, I'm a little bit inclined to go heavy wide receiver early. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree with that, Scott, because it's that tier drop-off. And we talk about yeah. this all the time when we're drafting. Right? That's why we're talking about the ADPs today. You want to get into certain tiers. If you're not going to get into certain tiers, then wait, load up, get strong in another position if that's going to be the case, whether it be running back or wide receiver. It works either way. I totally agree with you. So ultimately, I have a combination of both of your top fives, but I have them in a little bit of a different order, especially with I'm shooting my shot. I'm saying Bijan Robinson is going to be my number one running back this year i don't see any downfall i don't see any downfall he doesn't have the injury history of a christian mccaffrey and a saquon barkley you have atlanta falcons who were what plus 118 from the average team the number one rushing team in the league last year you can make the argument to me that tyler algier and cordell patterson are going to get involved in you know what they are to some degree that is true but i don't think it's going to be the extent where this becomes a committee where this becomes a platoon remember arthur smith he's not afraid to ride his guy he had derrick henry getting 72 percent of the team carries back in 2020 i'm not saying Bijan john robinson is going to get 72 percent 
But I think if he gets at least 50, you're looking at 280 carries just based off of what they did last season. By the way, I think he gets more than 50. And they score enough touchdowns. They were uh, they were the 11th team last year in red zone rushing touchdowns. I think most of that will go to B. John Robinson this year. Desmond Ritter's not the same runner as Marcus Mariota, even though he is mobile, but he does have the RPO threat that you have to respect. So all of that combination, to me, I love Bijan Robinson with a hot, with a high floor and high ceiling potential. And you know what? When I look at McCaffrey, when I look at Saquon Barkley, or some of these other guys, maybe I have a little more faith that he goes another 17 games. I know McCaffrey and Barkley did it last year. In some ways, and maybe call me crazy, my gut instinct, it almost makes me feel a little bit more nervous about it happening two years in a row. I don't know. What do you think, Scott? I, I think that it's very gutsy. Uh, I love what you say about the Derrick Henry comparison. To me, it's at least a 70-30 split, I think. And what you're throwing out there is very relevant in terms of people who play in high-stakes leagues like the NFFC and the FFPC. You don't always go with the group think. You don't always go with the herd. If you want to win a high-stakes competition and you believe in a guy like the way that Dan does with Bijan Robinson and Bijan Robinson hits like Dan, like Dan is saying, you could win a high-stakes competition if he hits. So it's very aggressive in high-stakes leagues where people won't go by ADP necessarily. And they'll take that crack on the guy they like. And, you know, I think that's what you're doing. I appreciate that. And, and the reason Chris McCaffrey is my number two, and he is my number two, it's just because the 49ers showed last year. Now, I know Elijah Mitchell is going to get injured. That's just what he does. But while he's healthy, they, they showed they were still willing to use him, even though they had CMC. Chris McCaffrey averaged 13.5 opportunities per game, while Elijah Mitchell averaged 9.5. And while McCaffrey was still unbelievable during that four-game stretch when they were both healthy and on the field, it's enough to make me think, okay, well, until I know Mitchell gets hurt and I don't know when that's going to happen, I'm kind of a little bit curious to see if enough work gets taken away where McCaffrey doesn't quite be that number one. Austin Eckler is my number three. I think we've all touched on why that should still be the case. Nick Chubb's my number four. Jerome Ford, what, gets maybe a half of what Kareem Hunt got. This wasn't a guy, well, I think he's a do-it-all back, this wasn't a guy coming out of college with a high passing efficiency. In fact, I think he only had 5.8% of the team targets coming out of college. He's not Kareem Hunt. That's the main point. Nick Chubb, who's averaged five yards a carry his entire career, is one of the best rushers in the NFL. This might be his opportunity to be an elite fantasy guy. And then my number five guy is one spot ahead of Saquon Barkley. It is Derrick Henry. Until he shows he's actually slowing down, I am not going to predict that. Chris, what do you think? I like it all. I think you're a little uh, gutsy with the, the Bijan just because I challenge it. You, the same reason you have McCaffrey number two worried about Elijah Mitchell kind of taking some of the touches. I don't think Tyler Algier is going to go away. I don't think Cordell Patterson is going to go away. I do think Atlanta is going to play a little positionless football. So, but I do like to, you know, as Scott kind of said, you, you stick to your guns and the guys that you like. Breast list, I definitely think is, you know, a good list. Um, just those two a little bit different for me just because I think Christian McCaffrey we talked about this, like I said, on and off the air earlier about some guys, but Christian McCaffrey is a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. We saw that towards the end of last year. I think Christian McCaffrey's motivated for actually playing for a winning team. He hasn't done that for Carolina for a couple of years, and when he's on his A game, he's the best out there. I know Bijan got a lot, of, you know, a lot of game tape in college, and he showed a lot of things. Christian McCaffrey went pretty high in the draft too, so this guy can play. 
Um, and I think he's just a little bit better right now than Bijan, but I like the got standing. Scott, you got your rebuttal. Uh, not really, except the one thing I respectfully disagree with is I don't think Corderell Patterson's really going to be in the picture as a runner now. I think they're going to use him more as a wide receiver because they really don't have much wide receiver, you know, outside of Drake London. Mac Hollins, you know, he has a nice camp clips and uh, he'll pick off, pick off a nice highlight once in a while. Patterson's never been a great wide receiver, but I don't. I'm not expecting to see Patterson as much of a runner this year, and I'll I'll get to old year a little bit later when we go through our list. That sounds good to me. Let's get to those pitfalls. 